0: good morning all right, all right we had a full, full, full house this morning, I heard the usher saying no chairs, there's no more chairs so I just want to thank you guys for for choosing the sanctuary to just fellowship with us this morning it's a blessing to to have you with us and and those of you that are watching online, God bless you and I pray you, you already felt the move of God there as well I was standing in the back as as all of you were coming in and it's just, it's so beautiful to see that we have like every shade, color of skin in this building. And I think it's just a beautiful thing because that's kind of a picture of heaven, you know? I love that we're from all different places, that we're from all over. Some come from Jersey, some from Connecticut, some from from Queens and and all over the Bronx and it's just a blessing man to some of us have nothing in common at all except that we just want to be someplace where God is so I just want to welcome. Is any first-time visitors here today can I just before we offend you can we just amen God bless you welcome welcome we're in the middle of a series titled Reflections And uh, I heard that the ladies are signing a petition online to get the mirror back in the ladies' room. Stop it! It's just an illustration. It'll go back, I promise. Easter, it'll go back. (laughs) When we're done with this series on reflections. It's just a reminder that... We want to check ourselves before we come to God, right? We want to just look in the mirror and see what God sees, amen? Not what everybody on the outside sees. It's just a kind of a picture, just a a reminder of a reflection. So I just, again, just want to welcome you all. Bless you, Pastor G has an incredible message in this series that he wants to share. And so I'm just going to welcome him right now.
1: Mr. George, while you're going back, I just want to tell you a story I happened to hear recently. (laughs) I heard a story about this elderly woman who was at the beach. And all of a sudden, she heard a voice in the water. She looked down, and it was a frog. And she picked up the frog. And the frog said, well, actually, I'm really a prince. And I had an evil spell cast, but if you'll kiss me, I'll turn from a frog into a prince. The lady took the frog, put her frog in her pocket, went in her car, kept going. The frog talked again, said, didn't you hear me? If you kiss me, I'll turn into a prince, and I'll I'll marry you, and we'll live together forever." And the the elderly lady said, well, to tell you the truth, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Also, Pastor George, something I don't understand, I got a ticket parking this morning, but the sign said, fine for parking. (laughs) If it's fine for parking, why did I get a ticket?
2: i don't know okay
1: we're gonna leave all this behind now (laughs) so i'm continuing in pastor george's series marks that matter and i looked up the meaning of the word mark and it said it's a visible impression typically for identification or in other words when you have a mark on you even when it's a mark of the lord it's something that's got to be visible it's something that can be seen and one of the things that you are marked by it tells us in mark chapter 5 verse 14 you are marked by light jesus said you are the light of the world you have been impacted and marked by God to touch a dark world around you. The culture, the spiritual atmosphere, the evil, the violence, the corruption, the injustice. In other words, you're not a Christian just to come to church on Sunday or, or just to have a prayer life. All, all those are very important but you've been marked by God to carry the light for the light of God to shine through you so that you can touch the world out there. We're called to be world changers. to be. A, you're called to be a reflection of the truth and the nature and the love of God. And you know what that means? If people know you, they have to know you're a Christian even if you never say a word. If you can go through your life, go to work every day, be with the same people, and nobody knows that you're Christian, it shows that there's something missing in your life. See, you can't be a secret Christian. You can't live half in the light and half in the darkness one way in the open and another way when in secret there's a name for that in the book of revelation where jesus said don't be lukewarm you can't be a saint by night and a devil under cover We're called to carry the light which means we're consistent before God. We shine forth for Jesus everywhere that we go. We can't be the light on church on Sunday morning and then Tuesday night be be out someplace enjoying the darkness. You see, and Jesus said that there is only one true source of light in this world. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, every other spiritual path except for Jesus is darkness. Now, if you're here today and you're, and you're seeking after the truth, you haven't made your mind up yet, you're not sure of who Jesus is, then I just bless you in your journey. That's not for you. But if you're saying that I'm a child of God, I've been washed by the blood, I identify with Jesus, there is only one God, one way, one truth, and his name is Jesus. So, I want to read a quote from one of the great theological minds, Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) She said, One of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way. There are many paths to what you call God and elsewhere. I am a Christian who believes that there are certainly many more paths to God other than Christianity doesn't exist. You can't be a Christian and believe that there's more than one way. If Jesus is not the only way to heaven, if he's not the only way to the Father, then he's a liar and, you, and, and don't even listen to another word I say. Jesus is either who he said he is, he's the one true God, the only way, he's the only door, the one path to heaven, or he was out of his mind and you need to disregard every other thing that he says. Here's another quote from one of the, the great spiritualists, Katy Perry. They asked her about her Christian upbringing because her parents were pastors. She was raised in the church. She said, at this point, I'm just kind of a drifter. I'm open to possibility. My sponge is so big and wide, and I'm soaking everything up, and my mind has been radically expanded just being around different cultures and people and their opinions and perspectives, just looking into the sky. You don't want to be a sponge. You don't want to take. well, I'll take a little from this. I'll take a little bit from that religion. And I'll soak it all in and see what comes. You see, Alexander Hamilton, the guy they have that big play about that everyone's going to see, he said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Amen. Amen. We can't be spiritual sponges. Well, when I go here, I'll be like these people. Yeah. We got to take a stand for the Lord. If you're going to be the light, you're going you're gonna to you're going to set your feet and you say, I'm standing for Jesus. He's the only true God. If if you believe that, let's just hear a shout to the Lord. If you believe that he is the only one true God, he is the only one who's worthy of our worship. Cameron Diaz. Boy, I'm digging them all out. She says, I think we have to make up our own rules. I don't think we should live our lives in relationships based off of old traditions that don't suit our world any longer. And there's an ex-minister, actually he still claims to be a Christian minister. His name is Rob Bell. He was the pastor of one of the biggest churches in the United States. And all of a sudden, he changed his way of thinking, and he said, I think culture is already there, and the church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago as their best defense. You see, there are people claiming to be Christians saying, don't listen to that Bible. It doesn't fit our times. Those are people from thousands of years ago. We we need to live in our times. We need to be relevant for today. The word of God is just as true now as it was 5,000 years ago. I've never met one person who truly lived by the Word of God and when they got old said, I'm sorry, I wasted my time. The Bible is not irrelevant, it's not old fashioned. It's active, the Bible says, it's active, it's alive, it's breathing. You see, the problem is that there are a lot of Christians who think the same way, who feel that in order to live with this world, we got to keep up with the culture. So I'm going to give you some statistics I looked up about the church. It said that 50% of all Christian men and 20% of all Christian women are addicted to pornography. 40% of Christians admitted to being involved in sexual sin in the past year. The National Coalition to Protect Children and Families surveyed five Christian campuses to see how the next generation of believers was doing with sexual purity. 48% of Christian males on the college campuses are currently involved in pornography use. 68% of males said they intentionally viewed a sexually explicit site at the school. A new study conducted against born-again Christians, Bible-believing people who come and worship on Sunday. These are those in their 20s and 30s, and the study found that one-third of them believe. That what the Bible calls sexual sin and profanity and pornography and the use of illegal drugs are morally acceptable. You see, the church is going along with the world, with the culture. It doesn't matter how you speak. It doesn't matter what, what you look at on your computer. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how I treat people. That, that's up to me. That's why there's no light from the church in this world today. That's why the church has not impacted society or the culture. You see, the the church in the eyes of many people is marked by greed, hypocrisy, being judgmental, critical people. And you know the church has become known more for what we hate than what we love. We hate you, come to Jesus. <laughs> you see, the world is yet to have a model of the true heart and nature of God. We we can't we can't live in In these sins, we can't have our mind influenced by the culture and the world. We're called to be influencers. We're called to change the culture, to change entertainment, to change, to redefine politics. You've got the power of the light of God in you, not only for yourself, but everything around you. But instead of impacting the world, the world is being impacted by the church. You see, we are Jesus' hands and feet. We, We are called to look like God, act like God, smell like him, it says in 1 Corinthians. We're called to reflect who he is, whether you open your mouth or not. You see, it's not about keeping a set of religious rules, wearing religious clothes, and quoting scriptures at people. But it's about the fiery love, compassion, beauty, power, and truth of Jesus that lives inside of you. That's what marks you. That's the thing that separates you. It's the very spirit of God living in you. I'm going to continue in Mark chapter 5 and verse 14. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, we're called to bring glory to him. That when people see us, when people see the way that you treat people, the the way that you act with your family, the way that you give, the way that you love, they should be giving praise and glory to God. We're, we're here to glorify Him. It's not about us. 1 Peter 2 9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. You've been set apart, marked by him. You You are his special people. You are a priesthood. You know what a priesthood means? It means you stand on behalf of the world. A priest loves the world. It loves the sinner. It loves the rebellious. It loves the down and out, the failures. And and the priest will take them and lift them up. See that that's the assignment God has given us. He's given us influence and visibility. But it's not as a result of who I am or what I do. It's about the God that lives in me. See, you've got favor on your life. You walk in prosperity. There are doors going to open. But it's not because of you. It's because who's in you. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 3, if the good news we preach is hidden behind the veil, it is only hidden from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. It says, if there are people in your life. They don't see the truth. They don't get it. It's because the enemy, the devil, has put a veil over their their eyes. I know, I was there. When Christians used to come to me before I was a Christian, I thought they were the dumbest people on the earth. What? You go to church and you give them money? You, you, is, you're talking to some God that's not even there? Why? Because... Because of the devil, I had a veil over my mind. But you know how it was removed? A few Christians began to shine their light. And when you shine your light, the veil will come off. You don't influence people by beating them up with scriptures or arguing with them. You shine the light of love. You let that light, you let the glory of God begin to flow out of you. I'm going to go down to verse 6. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. See God tells us to shine. but it's not as I said, it's not some it's not us shining. It's him shining in us. You've got a treasure in you, it says. but it says also that the treasure has been put in broken clay vessels. You know who the broken clay vessels are? That's us. I thank God for that. You know why? Because I fall short. I struggle. Sometimes I feel weak spiritually. Sometimes I'm broken. But God has chosen weak, broken. Kicked around, messed up vessels to display his glory through. You see, this is not a message of pull yourself up, you're not good enough. Here's the message. God wants to use just plain old ordinary nobodies who struggle every day, who wake up in the morning, don't even want to get out of bed sometimes, sometimes don't feel like praying, sometimes don't care about going to church. That does not disqualify you. Why does God want to use people like us? Because then he gets all the glory. See, you're the one that God is looking for. If you're sitting and saying, well, I don't have what it takes spiritually. I'm not feeling it all the time. I struggle sometime in my faith. You're you're just like everyone else. You You are a clay vessel, but you have been cleansed and fit for the master's use. You're the one God's looking to shine through. No one here is disqualified from carrying the light. It doesn't matter what you've done. It don't matter how you struggle. God has chosen you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And and not only did he choose you, but he put his mark on you. And the very light and the power and the glory of God wants to shine through you. Let it shine. Let it go. That's all God is asking from you. He's not asking you to be super, super Christian. He's saying, walk in the light as he is in the light. Don't, don't allow your situation to define who you are or change how you walk with God. Because in John 1, 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Whatever you're going through, it will not overtake that light in you. If you're struggling, you don't, you don't walk away and leave church. This is where you need to be. That don't let that darkness overcome you. The light shines brighter. Verse 8. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I don't know, it says we are pressed on every side. I don't know about you, but there are many days when I feel pressed at every side. Here comes comes the bills on this side. Ministry problems on that side. Health issues coming at me. But I I can't be crushed because it's not about me. It's about the life. (laughs) That's why I don't serve God based on what I'm going to. I, I won't back off because I know I, I'm going to win. That light, that darkness, it could try to push in this way and that way. But I decided I'm standing for Jesus. It says you, you are persecuted but not abandoned. There are there are people not gonna like you because you're a Christian. There are people who don't want to hang out with you anymore because you make them feel bad about what they're doing. <laughs> but you God will not abandon you. He sticks with you. It says we are perplexed, but not in despair. You know what that means? Can I be honest with you? I don't understand half the stuff that goes on in my life. (laughs) You think I got anything figured out? I can't figure it out. It looks like everything's moving forward. All the ducks are in a row. We're ready to go, and boom, everything falls out of place. I'm totally perplexed. when when it comes to my life. I don't know, maybe you got it all figured out. You got it all written down on paper. I don't understand half the stuff that happens. But I am not in despair because my trust is in God and I will not lean on my own understanding. See, you can trust in Him when you don't understand why did this happen? Why did that fall apart? How can God allow this and that? I don't understand. why. Well, I, I thought He's a good God. I don't have to understand. I'm just coming to learn that now. I can trust in His goodness, trust in His love, because his ways are higher than mine. It says we are struck down, but not destroyed. I, I know a lot of your stories. And a lot of you have been struck down more than once by life. Some of you, you got a knife in your back by somebody that betrayed you. Some of you, you've been hit hard. And some of you, you've wanted to give up. But what does it say? We are struck down but not destroyed. What does it mean? Whatever life throws at me, it can't destroy the light, the glory that lives in me. And I'm going to keep serving him. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to still bless him when I get knocked down. No matter how many times and stomped on over and over. Why? Because life can't destroy me. It can't steal my praise. I'm going to go down to verse 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. See, outwardly, it says in the NIV, our bodies are wasting away. I started realizing I was getting old when they discontinued my blood type. (laughs) In fact, I was watching Jurassic Park and it was bringing back a lot of old memories. See, I'm outwardly, I'm wasting away. I knew I was getting bald because it was taking longer and longer to wash my face. Oh. You know, I'm getting so old when I bend down the time I shoot, I try to think of other things I got to do while I'm already down there. You see, outwardly, I, I don't know about you, but I'm wasting away. That's why I'm getting so fat, I had my shoes shined and I had to take the guy's word for it.
2: <laughs>
1: outwardly, I'm falling apart. But inwardly, the more I walk with Jesus, The more I stand, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows, the more he begins to shine forth through my life. Verse 17. And I'm going to ask for Patrice to come. She's going to help me. For our present troubles are small, And won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. As we walk through troubles, we walk through life. It says, don't keep your eyes on what's going on around you. Keep your eyes on Jesus so um, I'm going to invite my friend Patrice to come. She is one of the people from New Jersey that Pastor George mentioned. But so she, she's been many times visit come and visit our church. But she wrote a blog that I saw on Facebook that really puts puts flesh on what I just said about serving God, about keeping your eyes on Jesus no matter what you go through. And while she's speaking, I'm going to ask the ushers to begin to pass out um, the candles. So just hold it when you get it.
3: So God is so sweet. I'm over here, and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get up. And I'm going to have to stand it, And I'm feeling my heart now. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, ooh, And I just said, Lord, help me. And I heard him say, I'm here. And I'm like, then I can do this. I can do it. So um, I start with a vision that I had at an impact meeting. And um, they had us do this prophetic activation thing, right? And the vision that I had, I saw myself first, like, I'm I'm standing in front of the ocean, right? And Jesus is out there on the water. And he's like, come on. And I'm like, that's water, Jesus. We don't, we don't do that. That was you and, you know, Peter and Patrice. And, And he's like, come on. And I'm like, okay. And so I like, you know, tentatively and pensively, like, you know, tiptoe out. And then I'm like, And then I get to him, and by the time I get to him, we're dancing on the water, and just like, uh, it's just like glorious, right? And I'm like, this is the coolest vision ever. And so afterwards, they're like, okay, does anybody want to share? And I was like, yes. And so I told Gary, and you know, because he interprets, right? And he says, so what this says is that something about like, like, you're going to be a, a great woman of, um, of, a woman of great faith, and you will do things in your life that there is no way you can do them in your own power, in your own strength. It will be you and Jesus. And I said, well, Gary, it was really pretty and beautiful when I saw it. You just jacked it up for me. <laughs> like, that is not cute at all. Cause that's like, I'm hearing what he's saying, you know? And I'm like, that means I'm going to go through some stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, like when, when he first like told me through a dream that I had that I was a seer, I was like, what? Hmm. Okay. Um, they go through things. And I was like, so can all the stuff I've been through like in the past suffice? And all, like, I'm like, 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 can we just do, like, a backlog, you know, kind of deal, right? And so um, I ended up, the Lord, like, has been showing me different areas in my life. Because I'm I'm in this, y'all. I'm not playing. And I was like, okay, Lord, show me the areas in my life where I'm not, should I, cause it's like I'm all short. You know, I, But um, so, um, I'm like, show me the areas in my life where I'm not trusting you. Cause I know there are areas, we all have those, you know. And so one of the areas that he pointed out to me was um, with regards to my fertility. Now, I absolutely adore children, right? I got four of them and I homeschool. And the main reason I homeschool is because I like them. I love to be around them. My little one, well, she's not so little anymore, but my girl over here, Jayla, like she giggles when something sinks in when she gets it. And I was like, I don't want some teacher over there who's gonna miss it to, you know, get all that. I want it. I wanna be around when she gets it and when, you know, all these moments and all. And so you know how to, you know, you have people who and I'm not knocking them and all, cause, you know, whatever. But the people who are like, man, I wish school was in session on the weekends, cause I'm like tired of these kids. No, I'm like, no, I want my babies. People are like, can they spend it? Like, no, 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 they mine. But um, so that's just, you know, like, I just absolutely love children, and my thing is all this natural stuff, right? So like, like I don't even have my babies in the hospital. I don't go there. I, I'm at home. My husband caught my last child, and just like, that's me, right? And so, I'm like, okay, Lord, but all four of my children have been planned, like, to a T. Like, we thought, my husband and I, that we were in control of this thing. Like, we're like, yeah, we're ready for a baby now. Boom. We got one. Good. Right? And it wasn't until just before I had um, gotten pregnant with my son, I had a loss. And I lost the baby on our anniversary. And I was like, ooh. You know? And it, it really... I was so depressed. I was so just messed up. I couldn't look at a pregnant woman without feeling like, oh my god. And I couldn't look at babies. And the thing is, I am a birth worker. I, My part of what I do is attend births. I help women, and so those don't go together, you know? And so I... Um, after I had my son, I talk, had a talk with my husband because we started avoiding each other because we were kind of afraid we were going to get pregnant again and we weren't ready. And so I talked to him about and I'm, Y'all, we avoided each other for a while. And we didn't say anything. It was just like, I'm just going <laughs> to be quiet, you know, and you know, all that and eventually i was like we can't do this like this is stupid you know and so we prayed and we were like okay lord we want to give our fertility over to you you're in control anyway you're in charge of this you know like so here here it is and we're not going to try to control anything whoever you decide to give us it's good you know and so like my spiritual dad russ said you know sometimes when we seek to take new ground for the kingdom He's like, whose ground do you think you're bumping up against, you know? The enemy's not going to just sit there, oh, that's so cute. They want to give that over to God, you know? No. So, long story short, in a four-month time span, no, five-month time span, I lost four children, a set of twins and then, you know, some more. And this was maybe three weeks ago now. And, um the last one. And I just was like at first it was like okay lord, I'm going to just, you know, trust you and you know, it's going to be all right and but it's 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 not easy. It's not that simple, you know, because you have feelings and all and us women, any woman knows the moment you realize you're pregnant and then because of this whole seer thing, I know I'm pregnant like before a pregnancy test can tell me so. I I know, like I feel that I'm not alone in my body and all and it's just, it's amazing. But it got to a point where I would realize that I was pregnant and then I would start looking for blood every time I go to the bathroom, like expecting it, you know? And then it would come and I'm like, okay Lord. and And it was kind of sad because like my husband while he felt sorry and all, he couldn't identify. And I can't blame him for that. You know, like for him, he he said one time, he's like, you know, it's like, you lost your best friend and I'm sorry, but I just, you know, there's that disconnect and all. He wasn't the one that carried that child, you know? And so, this last time though, I was just done. I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? Like really, why? And I got, I got so mad because I'm like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do everything right. Like, how, how can you allow this to keep happening? Like, this is not fair, you know? And it, like, so many different things, like, will go in my mind. I went to this youth group, and they were singing that, um, he loves us, oh, how, and, and I'm hearing on one side I'm like yeah like he loves us but I'm standing there kind of like and I'm I'm after a while I was like do you love me are you even here are you real like what's up and like when I when I feel like this sense of betrayal I put up this wall you know and I did that with him and I I told him I was like I'm so mad at you I'm so mad, and the thing is that like, as I was saying this whole thing of like, like, do you love me and all, my spirit was like, of course. He loves you with an everlasting love. You know this, he's with you. There is no disconnect, because the whole time, guys, I'm still, like, prophesying over people and praying for people. And how on earth can I prophesy over somebody that I do not know if I'm not connected to the Lord? You kidding me? Like, there's no way. So it got to a point where I had to just say, you know what? Either I believe him and I'm going to trust him or, like, he's a liar and I don't know what I'm going to do because, I mean, really there's nowhere else to go for me. There's nowhere else to turn. It's him and him alone. That's it. And so I was like, okay, Lord, it's just, it's, just, it's all you. I'm just going to like keep moving forward, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Like Gary said, I ain't figured out nothing. Figured out a thing. But I'm trusting him, and I'm moving on, and I'm just praising him in spite of. And along the way, a sister came to me one day after I spoke at a meeting, and she said, you know, she said, I see. I wrote the blog post about the wall thing and, um, that Gary mentioned, and she said to me, she said, um, you know, I see you when you're speaking. She said, I see a wall in front of you. And she was like, and this wall, it's coming down. She said, every time, in spite of how you feel, you, you go out and you speak, when you um, prophesy over people, when you pray over people, that wall is coming down little by little. And she said, there's something wonderful behind that wall. You'll have to ask the Lord what that is, but there's something great behind that wall. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds a lot like the blog post I wrote. And she was like, what blog post? She knew nothing about it. And so I was like, oh, wow, okay, that was real prophetic, you know. And so last Saturday, whenever it was, Miguel did a teaching, and I left here just drunk. Like it was wonderful. And when I went home, I just lay in bed for like four hours, just laying there with the Lord. And all of a sudden, I heard something drop in the house. And it was the weirdest thing. I had my eyes closed. When the thing dropped, I saw the sound of it. And I was like, what? What? Like, what is this? And I, I hollered to Jayla and everybody in the house. I'm like, what drop? Who dropped something? Because I saw the sound of it, and they're like, what? Nothing dropped. And eventually, I, in talking with the Lord, it was one of those bricks. I saw the sound of one of those bricks dropping, y'all. And so, like, no matter what you're going through, just stick with God. It's, it's really just, you just focus on him. He'll take care of everything, because, like, he has done so much for me through this, I have no problem. Like, I have no jealousy whatsoever. None of that. Like, those nasty feelings you feel when you know you should be pregnant right now. And you're seeing other pregnant women and the little babies and all that. None of it. None at all. So I just
1: praise God for that. Amen. You see, Patrice, where everything she went through, but through it all, because I I know her, and she kept carrying the light. She wouldn't quit worshiping. She kept on preaching, kept on sharing. So we want to end today with what we call a prophetic act. We've been speaking about the light, so I'm going to ask for everyone to stand. And and we want to give a picture Because as I said before, you are the light of the world, not just you individually, but it's about the people of God standing in unity, shining forth in a dark world. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 says that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Acts 13:47 For this is what the Lord has commanded you. I have made you a light for the nations that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And I'm going to ask you if you could turn down all the lights that you can. You see, the light is not about a big-name minister or God's super-anointed man of power for the hour or the television preacher with the shiny suit. But Jesus said, this is the way that you'll know that the world will know that you belong to me by the love that you have one for another. And it's all about the light of God shining through a people of one heart, one mind, who will stand together in unity to be a light to the nations. So let's just worship him. And I'm going to ask if those in the worship team can come up. And that way when Patrice has finished singing, we're going to close with worship. So if you could start making your way now. How many of you are saying, I'm going to choose to be a light to the world. I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to cover it up. I'm not going to be ashamed that I stand for the name Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. But I'm going to keep pressing on. Whatever that whatever life throws at me, whatever roadblock comes, I'm gonna keep shining. I'm gonna keep worshiping him. And do you know why? Because he's worthy. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I want to leave you with Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. I challenge you in this week to speak like a child of God. Treat each other, love each other with the love of Jesus. So, For those of you who want ministry or you want to hear a prophetic word from the Lord... We're going to have um, right in this room out here. But before we go, can we just praise him one more time? Let, let's, just, let's just worship him.
4: I
2: see not all fear, for Your
4: love has set me free. My hope will always be Your promises to me. Doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in Your promises to me. Now I've got. always be your promises doesn't matter, me. Say. doesn't matter what I feel doesn't matter what I see my hope will always be your promises to me now I'm casting out of fear for your love has set me free my hope will always be i
5: thank you we thank you oh god father that it doesn't matter what we feel oh god because we don't walk by what we see lord or by how we feel father but we trust in you oh god and we trust your word oh god so it doesn't matter what the next man is saying about your word father your word is relevant for today for then and for today lord and that's what we choose to live our lives by and it has never failed us yet In jesus you are the word and you have never failed us yet so in fact when we trust your word we just trust you jesus because we can't separate the two lord you are the living word oh god so father we thank you father for what you are doing here in our lives oh god the molding oh god even the breaking oh god because we know when we are broken you are more than able to put us back together again oh god and you make us whole lord so father we stand here as a family with the with the light in our hands father signifying your unity the unity that we have with you and with each other oh god and we commit to each other as family oh god father father but it is well in our souls today it is it is is it well with you today (laughs) father it is well with us oh god in our souls lord we thank you for your love for your grace for your mercy for your peace oh god and we leave this place here understanding that it is well it is well we are well you are fine good job. Well done. Hallelujah. So you are blessed today. Go out and continue to be a blessing. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Just want to continue to sing. Don't forget to blow out your candles with my